0: is only seven dollars per month. So if you're ready to align to your best self and show up as your inner being, a priceless investment in yourself, you can head over to channelwithamber.com slash subscribe to give it a peek. I'll see you over there. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. Developing your psychic abilities is a really life-changing experience. It completely changes you and the way you view the world around you. That being said, it can be a bit of a messy process. (laughs) So today, I'm going to be sharing the five most valuable lessons I have learned having these abilities, as well as some tips and tricks to help you with yours. Here we go. So we're going to jump right on in. The first lesson is simply, with great power comes great responsibility. When you develop your psychic abilities, you obviously become sensitive to the people around you. Their guides may talk to you, you may see a memory of theirs, you may hear their thoughts, you may get a read on who they are or what their intentions are. It's just inevitable. This won't happen with everyone you meet, but you naturally just get to know people very deeply very quickly because you are able to kind of understand who they are a bit quicker. While it's nice to get some direct insight on a person and where you stand with them just to know if you can trust them or not, sometimes you get information that you maybe don't want to have or just kind of puts you in an awkward position. For example, if you are in a relationship, everything is out in the open. If your partner is withholding information from you, if they're lying to you, if they want to surprise you with something, you can sense all of that. I feel like a good pro to this is you are forced to kind of choose people that you honestly trust and can be open with, but we are human. We are complex. We go through a lot of emotions. So there could be private information that your partner is going through that they don't feel comfortable relaying to you, but you may accidentally download it, or their guides or higher self may just give it to you because they want you to be aware of it for whatever reason. And then it's up to you to decide whether you should talk to them about it or just keep it to yourself. Depending on what it is, sometimes it's best to just thank the information and then release it because it belongs to them, ultimately, and you want to respect their privacy. Since there are so many layers to reality, the friendships and relationships may look different in each layer. As we talked about in previous episodes, sometimes you can connect to these through dreams or you'll just feel a strong connection to a certain person. Everything is interconnected, so everything will have an effect on everything. Even if it's very subtle, it'll still be present. And being sensitive to that teaches you real quick not to take things personally, as well as to be compassionate to what other people are experiencing. Emotions affect our physical, mental, and energetic processes, and vice versa. If someone straight up does not like me, even though we've had very minimal interaction, (laughs) that's fine. There's a lot of layers to things. It could be some residual emotions from a past life or I could remind them of someone that they had a bad experience with as a kid. I've learned that you just can't take what you're picking up as the ultimate truth. It's just one tiny little glimpse into something and you can't judge a person on that one small little sliver. Sometimes a being, whether it be a deceased loved one or a guide, will come to you with a message for a person and you have to decide whether or not to relay the message to them. This is an extreme example, but one day I was sitting outside. I think I had just ordered some food or something and I was waiting for it to get ready and I saw an elderly man walk past me and there was this like massive energy a few feet behind him. I zoned into the being and it manifested itself to look similar to, like, the Grim Reaper, but not as grim. It looked a little bit <laughs> a little bit nicer. And this told me that the man was going to be passing away soon and that the being was there to support him through the process and just help him start mentally preparing. When you see stuff like this, there is either a clear condition attached to it where you know you're not supposed to say anything. So for me, it just feels like there's an energetic block in front of that person, like a shield. So the energy is just not supposed to be directed at them. I'm not supposed to tell them anything. There could be no condition, and it's up to you to decide how to handle the information. Or the energy will really want you to share it and will make it really clear. With this situation, it was clear that I wasn't supposed to say anything. It was just kind of there and I happened to see it. (laughs) Telling someone there's an entity that is helping them begin the process of dying, you know, will most likely scare them, will close them off from the being that's there to actually help and support them, which can then make the process of death just a lot more scary and uncomfortable than it needs to be. If there is no condition attached, you just kind of have to make that decision for yourself. Another time, I was at the grocery store and there was a man coming through who had passed away. It was, like, this woman's husband who had died and he wanted me to relay a message to her. If the being is really adamant and really, like, needs this information to go to them, I'll start feeling really anxious and it kind of starts taking over me a little bit and, like, it, I will have no relief until I share. So, I try to think of the best way to relay it while also being prepared for it not to be received well because people aren't always open to someone just kind of going in and telling them about their husband that died, you know. She actually took it pretty well. She was definitely taken aback, but she was really happy to hear the message and she thanked me and that was that. It can either be taken really well or the person (laughs) is really weirded out. (laughs) So it just kind of puts you in a weird position (laughs) sometimes. Obviously, with these abilities, you can read a person or try to get insight on who a person or thing, being, whatever, is, but that does not mean it is okay to intrude on people or beings or energetically mess with them. Those are a big no-no. People that are naturally very open, will naturally energetically kind of give you a lot of information. So if you are trying to get a read on them or just talking to them, you may see a lot of pictures, images, you may hear a lot of things or just understand them very quickly. And those that are naturally more walled up obviously will not give you as much information. You can kind of still get a sense of who they are or if something's off with them, but it will be a lot more subdued. When we connect with something, a little fragment of our energy field is making a connection with theirs. If they are refusing that connection, so you just can't sense anything at all, there's just nothing there. If they are refusing to relay certain information, so if you're trying to, I don't know, see if somebody's mad at you, but when you specifically like energetically inquire about that, there's like a block that stops that. Or if they just stop the connection midway altogether, so you could be getting all this information and then it just stops, like the power grid goes black. Do not push it. If you do, that's going against free will. That's abusing your abilities and the universe will make it very clear to you why that is not okay. (laughs) Again, this goes for everything. Plants, animals, beings, insects, whatever. If something does not want you to connect to it, respect it leave it alone, it's all good. Maybe it'll let you connect with it tomorrow. If you treat the things around you with love and respect, that same energy will be reflected back onto you. This takes us to lesson number two. Boundaries in self-care are of utmost importance. Boundaries are there to keep you balanced and aligned so that you can interact with those around you from a nice, centered, loving place. When you become more sensitive to energy, you become more prone to be affected by it. It can affect your physical body, your energy body, your mental processes, or a combination of all of those. For example, 2020 was just a hard year for everybody. There was a lot going on, a lot of collective processing and things happening. It was just very heavy. All of the empaths I spoke to really had to separate themselves in order to function. There were many times that I personally just had to stay off of social media. I just kind of distanced myself from people and just try to keep myself in this, like, nice little bubble. I was sensitive to what I was allowing myself to read or watch because I was feeling everybody's, like, anxiety and anger and stress and I could not function. I was having chest pains. I was having severe anxiety. I was just like, my my emotional range of feeling was just completely overloaded. I remember during one of the weeks, I had to go grocery shopping. And since I was kind of isolating myself, you know, that was the first time I was really forced to go out into the world, but I didn't feel quite ready yet. So the whole time I was driving to the grocery store, I was just crying. It was too much. I couldn't handle it. I was just letting it go. I got myself together, got my groceries, went back in the car, had a complete panic attack, (laughs) and then cried the whole way home. It was a hot mess. (laughs) I realized in that moment that while I was placing my boundaries up, I wasn't doing a very good job at it, which was allowing a lot of like excess energy to seep in. And I wasn't giving myself an outlet to remove that excess energy. So it was just building and building. I have a really hard time asking for help. I (laughs) have this mentality where I'm like, I can do it by myself. I don't need you. <laughs> it's an issue and I'm aware of it. But that was a great turning point where I realized that, you know what, sometimes you got to talk to people and vent and that's okay. That's what friends are for. You got to give yourself some self-love, you know, self-care, take a bath, go on a jog, dance, whatever. Forms of self-care are so important to kind of get rid of that excess energy and center yourself, you know, so it takes more than just boundary placing. You also need to remove all of that excess. If the normal range of emotions an average person like experiences in a day is like one to three on a scale of 10, Someone sensitive to energy will naturally already be, just on a good day, (laughs) kind of operating from three to six because they're picking up on all the energy around them too. So they're already like feeling a lot more than what a normal person may be. So if you don't have your boundaries placed and somebody that's like at an eight or something walks into the room, you're gonna completely feed on that and it's going to explode your range of emotion And it's going to make you overload very quickly, and it's not going to get better until you reestablish your space, your boundaries, or just completely remove yourself from that environment. There are many ways to set boundaries, but these are a few of my favorite. They're a good combination altogether. So, first of all, energy bubbles. I notice people usually naturally just place energy bubbles around them, which is great, but basically, all it is is. Placing a giant bubble of energy around your energy field to prevent external energy from penetrating your field, as well as preventing your energy from leaking out to other people. Some people are energy suckers, that's just what they do, and they will suck the energy out from the people around them, which will kind of leave you feeling very drained, a bit irritable, maybe a little bit sick. Or sometimes people, like, overstep their own boundary and try to give, like, a piece of their energy to the people around them, which will also leave you feeling a similar way, but it can also kind of make you feel depressed or taken advantage of. We're going to talk more about that soon. But an energy bubble helps prevent all of that. It also will protect you from any, like heavy energy beings. So it goes both ways, all directions. If there's anything heavy around you, it places a boundary on your field so nothing can go through. To put one on, you can either imagine a like bright golden sparkling light starting out your heart chakra that just starts like growing and growing until it completely envelops your whole body. You can also do this to envelop your whole space if you want to like set a nice boundary around your space to prevent weird things from coming in. Gold energy is operating at a frequency that's so high that only like pure light beings will be able to come in. So like guides and protectors and stuff like that, which are the ones that you want on your side. (laughs) You can also just ask your guides to put one on. So just ask them to place an energy bubble around you to protect you. They're there to help and will always put it on when you ask, but They can't directly, like, do things to affect us. We have to give them our permission first. Or you can imagine walls of energy going around you like a box. When I do this, for whatever reason, I envision it as, like, a whitish blue energy that's creating these, like, thick walls around me. For everything else, I always envision gold, but I don't know why that is. But you can do that, too. You can do gold or whatever color comes to you. The second method to set boundaries is to say no when you don't want to do something. This goes for people and energy beings. If someone asks you for something, no matter how big or how small it is, you have to respect yourself first. If you really don't want to do it and you disrespect yourself and say yes, it's not going to feel good, it can create feelings of animosity, it'll lower your frequency, It's just not doing either one of you a service. If you're not sure how you feel or if you're kind of on the edge, what I like to do is just fully imagine me saying yes and just paying attention to like how my body responds, how I feel about it, and then imagine I say no and be aware of the same thing. And then you can usually get a pretty clear answer from that. The third and final method is don't overstep. If someone is going through something, it is not your job to fix it for them. Their soul is going through that for a reason. There is a valuable lesson there for them, and if you try to do the dirty work for them, the lesson is just going to keep repeating until they actually get what they need out of it. So you're actually doing them a disservice. You can absolutely be there to support them if they need guidance or reassurance, to encourage them if they're feeling knocked down, to be there for them if they need a vent, all while respecting your own boundaries, of course, but do not do the work for them. It's putting you both in a worse position. (laughs) That all being said, if you happen to accidentally just suck in some weird energy or get a negative attachment, which is just a heavy frequency being that just kind of latches onto your field like a leech, (laughs) reaffirm your space until it has got to go some warning signs to look out for if you're taking on someone else's energy are if you are experiencing mood swings again if you're naturally sensitive your like range of emotion that you have left is already a lot lower so you will become overloaded really fast so if you notice yourself like getting anxious or just feeling all over the place that's usually a good sign if you're having thoughts that are clearly not your own If your body begins to react, so like you get super shaky, maybe you get nauseous or aches and pains start coming up. If you get really fatigued really quickly for no reason, or if you notice yourself experiencing someone else's emotions as much as they are or more. So if you're talking to someone and they're telling this like intense story and they're crying and you're like crying with them and just down in it. That's usually a good sign that you need to reestablish your boundaries because you're getting too intermixed and you're taking on theirs. All of these can pop up randomly. So if they're from like an energy being that just kind of quietly comes into your space or they can pop up if you're around a specific person or place. If you feel any of these, establish your boundaries real quick, put up a bubble and then tell your guides, this is a golden statement. if there is any energy that is not mine, please take it away. The heavy energy from other people could embed itself inside of your field. It can get stuck there and will continue to kind of wreak havoc. So by saying that, you are utilizing your free will and giving your guides permission to then rid your field of anything that just is not yours, that doesn't need to be there, that's just gotta go. If, however, a heavy energy or attachment is just really stuck and is not leaving you, it will require you see a healing professional like myself (laughs) because it probably means that there's something that's kind of feeding it or you have some kind of connection that you have opened to it, like a portal if you want to call it that, or just some kind of tie that is almost subconsciously giving it permission to be there. So it's going to take a little bit deeper work to remove it. Any form of energy healing usually does the trick. Just let the healer know what's going on so they know to focus on it, just to be safe. All right, the third lesson is that life is a collaboration between you and the universe. Since time isn't linear, all of our lifetimes are happening simultaneously. So the decisions that are made in each are constantly impacting all of the rest. It's just a constant flow of energy just moving and expanding and redefining. There are some things that our soul has like predetermined we must experience. These are called contracts, soul contracts. However, these contracts are still renegotiable. This is my favorite example of this. I need to get my dad on here because I talk about his story all the time. (laughs) But when my dad was seven, he had a stroke and he was in a coma for a while. While he was in a coma, he has a full recollection of passing over and talking to this entity. It kept reassuring him that it was going to be okay, that it was just his time, but he was not having it and essentially just negotiated with it and said, that he wanted to continue growing and learning in this lifetime. He was not ready to leave it. He felt he still had some unfinished business to do, and it ultimately agreed. They renegotiated the contract. He came back to life, and he's still thriving. (laughs) So everything is constantly shifting based on what we are kind of giving out. The energy we put out are like little feelers that are just kind of wiggling out to the universe, which will then take note and bring forth whatever kind of reality we are asking for through these little feelers however this energy that we are putting out is not just from what we're saying or looking at a majority of it is coming from our subconscious programming subconscious reprogramming is imperative to manifest for example if you're saying you want money but subconsciously you feel like you're not worthy of money then those feelings of lack are going to far outweigh (laughs) your like verbalized want of money. Even you saying you want money is signifying lack. You need to feel that you are money, (laughs) you are prosperous. Our subconscious controls about 95% of our reality, so if you can become the person you want to be, like actively allow yourself to start feeling the way you want to be feeling and doing the decisions that person that you want to be is doing right now, you begin the process of reprogramming your subconscious. You begin allowing yourself to step into a new frame of being, a new way of thinking that maybe felt a little bit off limits to you before. There's nothing wrong with our programming. It's just the way that we were taught to kind of survive our environment, but it's just not always in line with the person we want to become. So it just takes some repetition and commitment to fully step into that person and that reality. That all being said, Sometimes the universe has a plan for us that is far greater than what we could ever imagine. So manifestation isn't always about just focusing on like the details of things, but rather allowing yourself to experience what it is you want and how it makes you feel. For example, if you want a big house and a nice car, what are you actually looking for? How does it make you feel? What void is that filling? If it makes you feel free, at peace, and inspired, then put your effort into fully experiencing those emotions rather than just looking at a picture of a house and a car. Sit down and feel what pure freedom feels like. How does it feel in your body? By doing that, you are putting out a saturated energy of the experience you want to be feeling and you're allowing the universe to then bring through the best option to make that happen. There's so much more open to you than you realize, so don't limit yourself, you know? Maybe your happiness isn't a house and a car, but it's an airplane or something, I don't know. You know, don't don't limit yourself. Just feel what you want and allow the universe to work out the details. Everything is about perception. The way we feel, the way we interact with our environment, the way we process things, it's all trained behavior and energy work is not free of that. As you begin reading energy, you establish like a dictionary of sorts. For example, when I see a little white feather on the floor, I take that as a positive sign from my guides. If my ears start like popping and feel kind of clogged, I know there is a being that's got something to say to me. If I am doing a healing and I see like a flower bloom from somebody's body, I know that means that that area is beginning to regenerate. These are all just symbols that happen so that I can interpret the energy clearly. It's all very symbolic and everybody's symbols and meanings will be very different. This is because the filter that we all see everything through is different. That's why there may be some psychics or healers that just don't resonate with you It doesn't mean that the information they're giving you is incorrect. It just means that the filter that they're perceiving it through doesn't match yours, and that's fine. It's just one of the million perspectives to help understand something. Perspective is a simple concept, but it's also a really powerful driving force that defines our reality. If you change your perspective, you change your reality. If you begin viewing troublesome situations as wonderful lessons, you completely alter the way you process and approach it. This takes us into the fourth lesson, never judge a book by its cover. We talked about this a bit in the Fairy Realm episode. If a being comes to you, you can't assume things based on how they look, how they sound, how they smell. You have to trust what your gut is telling you, because if we get our brain involved, it may start placing preconceived notions on them that are incorrect. It happens out of survival. You know, if we see something that looks like a crazy monster, you're not naturally going to want to open up to it and, like, have a conversation. You know, you may feel like you need to protect yourself. It's just an instinctual thing. But we have to understand that these are trained views and do not always reflect the truth. There was one day in February 2016. This story I have written down. (laughs) I was walking to the kitchen to get like a snack or something. And as I was going, I noticed that there was a girl in the living room. She looked to be about eight years old. She was dressed in like an old fashioned white nightgown. She was barefoot, had long brown hair, had those white glowing eyes. She was smiling at me. And she had these big gashes in her face that made her look almost identical to Linda Blair in The Exorcist. So (laughs) I automatically got nervous (laughs) and thought that she was something bad because I automatically correlated her with The Exorcist. I immediately placed a giant bubble around the space. I declared that only light and love was allowed and everything else was banned. I kept trying to like push out any negative energy, but she was just standing there smiling. It made no effect on her. So I got some sage and I started cleansing the space just to be more thorough. Usually a heavy energy will just kind of evaporate or it will push out through the walls and go on its way. But again, this made no impact on her at all whatsoever. She just stood there staring at me. I then realized that I had completely judged her based on her appearance. I had gone into autopilot and I realized that that was a mistake. So I walked over to her I apologized profusely and I asked her what she needed. Ah, the poor thing. Her entire family was brutally murdered in the 1920s and the horror of it was stuck in her mind, which prevented her from passing on and made her kind of look so gruesome. I felt so bad. I took some time to just chat with her and play and she was an absolute joy. She was wonderful. With her to help her pass on, I told her that she was turning into an angel, and so I was helping her, like, find her wings and open them up and kind of learn how to flap them around. I felt that to bring her healing, she needed to feel, like, powerful and in control, so that was a really good way to kind of help her feel like she was special and important and just in command of her environment. Once her wings opened up, her appearance just completely changed to that of a bright little girl. She was giggling and just radiating so much light. Her hair wasn't disheveled, she had like two little braids, and she was off to return home. And that was an incredibly powerful lesson for me. This rule of never judging a book by its cover also applies to the reason that people are in our lives. My mentor always told me that the people we have the most issue with in a lifetime are typically the ones that have the most love for us on the other side because they're willing to sacrifice our view of them to fulfill whatever lesson or experience it is our soul needs to go through. This philosophy always stayed with me and completely transformed the way I viewed people. When I was like 13 or 14. My mom started dating a man that, I hate to say this, but just to put it out there, I have never disliked an individual so much. There is a lot of emotion there. A lot went south with him during the time they were together, and that is very much an understatement. But after a couple years, they finally broke up, and about two years after or so, he passed away. There was an event at the spiritual center that my dad and I were at, which was essentially just a group reading with a medium. So there would be deceased family members and ancestors and whatever that would come through. And if someone you knew kind of fit that description, then you would just say, oh, yeah, they're for me, they're so-and-so. And then she'd be like, perfect, here's my message, blah, blah, blah. So she started to describe a man that fit his description fully. I was completely taken aback and I almost didn't say anything because I was like, why in the hell would he be coming to me? But it just kind of kept growing and she was saying like, he's really adamant, there's somebody here he needs to talk to. So I was like, okay, I think I know who you're talking about. And she laughed and was like, you look surprised. And I told her that we did not get along. The feeling was mutual. So, I was very confused as to why he would be coming forth to me. He's the last person I would have expected. I don't remember what she said, but I remember her saying that she was kind of confused because he had no ill feelings towards me at all. It was just a lot of, like, love and he was basically just kind of popping in to say hello. It took a while for that to sit right with me, but The following weeks, I kept seeing signs of him. So I would see people that looked like him or I would see a car that looked like his or I'd feel his energy kind of pop in. It just became very prominent. And I kept remembering what my mentor would say. The signs were very strong. And I understood that as souls, he, my mom, and I just had this contract that needed to be worked out. It wasn't personal. It was just something that we had agreed on prior To this day, he'll still pop in sometimes to, like, give me a message or some guidance on something. And the energy is just very nice. You know, it's very warm. There's no weird feelings anymore because he's in a place that is beyond that now. Not to get heavy. (laughs) But I also kind of used the same philosophy to help me come to terms with my trauma as a kid. And again, I realized the power of perspective. It is incredibly powerful. There are so many layers to things, and I wouldn't be who I am now if they didn't happen. It doesn't make it any easier or justify it by any means, but it allows me to understand the bigger purpose behind it, which is really empowering. Being able to just give yourself some kind of closure, however that is for you, brings such a, like, deep sense of healing. It is just wonderful. (laughs) And now we are at lesson number 5. Everyone's journey into their spirituality will be very different. Just take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Before I dived into my spiritual practice, I thought there was a very like clear checklist of things that needed to be done. Like I thought you had a master meditation, research a bunch, take classes, Spend years, like, training your abilities, and then you're ready to go. And while this may be true for some people, it definitely is not for everyone. Our sixth sense, our spiritual abilities, whatever you want to call them, are a natural part of who we are. They are all stored in the subconscious. They're there. It's just the process of remembering them and how to use them that we are basically striving for. That being the case, I have learned that the biggest key to igniting the process is just intention. If you make it clear to your guides that you're ready to connect and open up to your abilities, things will automatically just kind of start running a little bit. It takes time. It takes commitment, some instruction and some practice. But as long as you give yourself permission to step through that door, things will naturally start opening up for you. I always had a difficult time with meditations that require you to just sit down, close your eyes, and be still. It works for a lot of people. I thought that was the only option, so I thought I was (laughs) kind of doomed (laughs) a little bit, but then I found out there are so many ways to meditate, some of which I had actually already been doing. I used to like to just lay outside and be. I would be still and just become one with the environment and just kind of observe things and just become a piece of grass, you know? (laughs) And this had the same effects on me that meditation does. So I was able to raise my frequency up to connect with guides and my higher self, receive messages, go on journeys, all that stuff. I also liked movement a lot. So dancing, running, taking a walk, climbing trees... These all made me feel at peace and allowed my energy bodies to align and just brought information forth. So whatever it is that makes you feel like that, that is valid. Just because it doesn't look like what someone else is doing doesn't mean it's wrong. Our souls come from so many different areas, so naturally our souls will have various ways of wanting to connect. In terms of instruction, It's definitely useful to get some guidance in the beginning just to help set your foundation up nice and strong and to prevent any issues such as not placing boundaries or accidentally like intruding because you didn't know you're not supposed to do that. (laughs) But the way in which you get instruction doesn't really matter as long as you trust and resonate with your teacher. If anything feels weird, then trust that instinct and go find somebody else. Some people really like books, others like videos, some like taking group classes, and others just like one-on-one kind of intimate lessons. I've personally always been a bit turned off by like psychic or medium books. I'm not sure why. I've tried to read some. There's some like really interesting sounding books out on the market, but I just can't for whatever reason. I, it just, it doesn't work for me. (laughs) When I started a first work with my mentor, there was a medium at the center that was giving me a list of, like, all these books I needed to read to help kind of open my abilities up and all these classes I needed to take and stuff. And I told her that I really honestly didn't feel like I needed any of those. She started lecturing me about why I did and my mentor finally just stepped in and was like, no, she doesn't. She's a crystal child. She has a natural, like, sense of knowing. All the information she needs is already there. My training with my mentor was a really interesting process. She would basically just encourage me to not be scared and would confirm things that would come through. but. All our time together was, was me just sitting there and like channeling information. That's, that's all. I would just sit there and she would say, yes, you're on the right track, or help me kind of expand on things a little bit better. It can sometimes just fall in your lap and it's there and opens really quickly, or it can take a little bit of work. We all have our unique journey to explore. We are extensions of Source, or the universe, or God, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> And it wants to experience everything. So your path will always be unique because you are exploring new territory. That's personally why I like to teach as like a one-on-one thing because we are all so different and need different things. But just trust what draws you and go with the flow. If at some point you feel like you need to change things up, then go for it. One last thing before we finish up for today. For those wanting to open to their psychic abilities and whatnot, but have too much going on to feel like you can really commit or pursue this exploration, you can actually practice and develop this stuff anytime. If you start your day with a shower, you can use that time while you're showering to ground, center, and meditate a little bit. That could be your sacred space. You can even schedule like five minutes in the morning just to go on a quick little walk around the block or step outside or drink your coffee in like a special area of your space whatever you create your reality so you can absolutely put 5 minutes aside to connect real quick if you want you just have to prioritize it i have a post that goes into the specifics on grounding and centering on my instagram at channel with amber so if you need some ideas or want more information about why they matter <laughs> you can go check that out but The universe is never going to punish you for aligning with your purpose, you know? So if you're really feeling drawn to explore this stuff, I say it's time to dive right on in. (laughs) What makes you feel alive, what makes your soul just feel like it's exploding with light, you know, is what you're supposed to be doing. And when you align with that, you're always going to thrive. In terms of developing your senses, you can practice as you go about your day. If somebody's calling you or sending you a text message, try to guess who it is before you look at your phone or what they want to say. Pay attention to any changes in your body, emotions, or thoughts as you go about your day to see if you can pick up on how the energy of the different spaces or people around you kind of influence you or affect you. If you're driving, You can guess what the car in front of you is going to be doing next. Perhaps you can try to tap into where they're going or what kind of mood they're in or what the car smells like. (laughs) When it comes to tapping into emotion though, be sure to release the energy once you're finished connecting to it so that you don't take any of it on. I personally do that by just taking a deep breath to clear my mind and then I'll physically like brush my body with my hands, which is essentially brushing off my energy field. Try to guess when the light is going to change or what the next person you see on the street is going to be wearing. Also be open to receive signs and messages from your guides so that you can begin connecting with them. Big signs my guides usually use for me personally to relay messages are the feathers, the wind, ladybugs, dragonflies, and repetitive numbers like 555 or 333 or whatever. Just again, be clear, let them know, hey, I'm open to receive any kind of messages and ask them to start giving you signs that you can look out for. If you think it's a sign, it is. These basically tell me anything from I'm on the right track to beware of what you're thinking and the energy you're putting out and just kind of anything in between. If you don't know what they're trying to tell you, it's fine, just allow the message to come in and then after a while it'll start to become clear. You just have to be open to it, so don't put yourself down, don't make it a heavy process. You know, just be thankful that you got something, it'll make more sense later. It's like learning a new language, it just takes some time. Other things you can kind of do, if you hear a noise, try to imagine all of the different beings that could have made that noise. Let your imagination run free, or if something moves or you see something kind of flash on the side of your eye, you know, same thing. Just try to imagine what that being will look like, what it comes from. Just let your imagination go. By doing that, the energy around you will naturally start making connections with you because you're opening yourself up to it. You can try to talk to the animals, insects, or plants around you, just to get an idea of how they're feeling or what they're doing. Again, it's a process and looks different for everyone, but as long as you commit and allow yourself to be open, you will. And that's our show for today. (laughs) I hope you were able to take something out of it. I hope you're feeling good, and I wish you the best of luck on your journey. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. for listening to diary of a psychic medium with me amber amrine to learn more about what i do visit channelwithamber.com for future updates on the show to give some feedback on future episodes or to just connect follow me on instagram at channelwithamber. shout out to unicorn heads for my theme song a mystical experience see you next time